Welcome to Jungle Land, the most unofficial sports talking podcast, the most unofficial sports talk show out there. Uh, I'm McLean Westbrook, and joining me in the studio is... Do you want me to say it? Are you going to say it? Go ahead and say it. Okay, I'll say it. Gage Westbrook. That's Gage Westbrook to my left. Um, So... Bit of a big weekend, if I'm being honest. This is family weekend here on the campus of beautiful Idaho State University in sunny, lovely, temperate Pocatello, Idaho. Uh, this is family weekend, uh, so the parents they're going to be showing up on campus. You're gonna you're gonna see a lot of events going on. But for our purposes, what we have going on is a bit of a triple header. That's right. So tomorrow, today, today at seven o'clock, and read Jim. Idaho State women's volleyball takes on the dreaded rival Weber State Wildcats. Hey, we all know that we have the dreaded volleyball team nowadays. You look at the top of the big sky, Idaho State's right up there, and our women's volleyball team is full of a bunch of killers. Right? It's true. It's true. And, of course, you have to you have to give props to uh, Coach Carter for what he's done and how he's turned that volleyball team around. We talked about that last week after that impressive come-from-behind reverse sweep win over the University of Northern Colorado. But in that time, uh, just a couple days after that game, the Bengals traveled down to Sacramento, California to take on Sac State and ended up losing uh, three sets to zero mm. against Sacramento State. Um, That's just going to make the comeback all that much sweeter. Just gonna make the comeback that much sweeter. That's right. That's right. Well, even with that loss, we're still at nine and six. Uh, that was the only game played since then. Um, so we're at, we're at nine and six, still sitting atop the Big Sky, still looking like we said last week. This is kind of the story of the season right now. Still looking so much better than we did last season. Um, already have more wins, and we've barely started Big Sky play. So we're going up against Weber State, and. Right after that game, about a week later, so today at 7 p.m. in Reed, we're playing Weber State. Next Thursday, uh, the Bengals are traveling up to Moscow. Moscow? Moscow? I've heard it. I've heard it both ways. I've heard it both ways because, like, the one in Russia is Moscow. Moscow? Moscow. The one in Russia is Moscow. And the one in Idaho is Moscow, right? Yeah, but they also pronounce lava weird here. They pronounce it like lava. Yeah, well, I don't respect uh, Moscow. I'm kidding. Oh, fair I'm enough. Kidding. I'm kidding. So, you know what? Once they, I don't know. Never mind. Never mind. I don't want to get into anything too hot takes. Uh, hey, let's but, not look forward. Let's not look at the next, next opponent. Let's look okay. at That's this right. upcoming uh, We're raining. I'm just saying the Battle of the Domes is coming up. We're playing at Idaho hey, October hey, 6th. Hey, hey, hey. Cool then Idaho jets. comes here November 5th. Cool, cool your jets. We got we got the There's Battle of the Domes coming up. going on right now. For September 30th. Friday. But right now we're Pocatello, focused. I'm sorry. What? You just you're talking over me. What did I say? Like I was trying to introduce the game coming up, and then you yeah. started doing it. I thought you already introduced the game. No, I, I was just doing that. Okay. 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 Let's hear it. September thirtieth, Friday, the Weber State Wildcats come into Reed Gym, the home of the Bengals, who have the wildest student section in America. The which jungle. So I've heard on Twitter. Uh, and they're gonna have a tough opponent. And that's the biggest thing is there. It's not going to be an easy game for them. The environment is like any other I've seen at a volleyball match. That the the energy, the atmosphere that was at that UNC game, if it carries over into all of our home games, then 
I don't see us losing another one. Yeah, well, like you said, uh, Weber State is no slouch in volleyball. They're currently sitting at seven and six, and they've had some uh, some solid wins here. They just beat Northern Arizona in their most recent game on the twenty fourth, so a little less than a week ago, uh, three sets to one uh, in Ogden. There, um, they've they also beat Gonzaga just like we did earlier in the season. Uh, they've had some they've had some tough opponents too. So they they beat San Jose State, Southern Utah, uh, UC Riverside. So again, all props to this Weber State team, and I think it's going to be interesting to see how they uh, go up against uh, the Bengals here in Reed. But I think the X factor, like you said, is going to be that atmosphere in mm-hmm. Reed Gym. Also, take note of how poorly the Wildcats have traveled. Their away record is one and four through the first thirteen matches. And I don't expect it to get easier here in Pocatello at Reed Gym. No, I don't think so. Like you said, if it's anything like that game against Northern Colorado, because that game, it's a rever- it was a, rever- a reverse sweep, yes. I'm having trouble saying that. Reverse sweep, yes. But when you, like the energy in the room, the energy in the in Reed Gym there was still there. The fans were still in the game, even down two sets to zero. Um, so I think... As a as a sixth man or seventh man, as, as an extra man on the court, uh, as an extra man on the extra court, person, as an extra person on the court, I feel like our our student section and our fan base, if we pack read like we we had done uh, for sports, I think we'll be good to go. Um, I, I think that just adds such a such a different element to the game, just having that energy and like we've talked about before. That's just not something that Idaho State is like used to playing with. Yeah, and I think I think you know this it it disrupts the visiting team. There it's harder to focus. But I think there's also the element that when you have a crowd that excited and that, you know, energetic, the the home team is going to play better knowing that behind their backs they have an entire university of students rooting for them, cheering for them and you know, giving it their all. So, I think, I think that's the biggest thing. Like, obviously, it's one of the biggest advantages in sports is home, home field, home, home court. You know, home ice, whatever it is. You always play better at home because you have your fans in the stands rooting for you and cheering against the other guys. You don't need to explain it. It's, it's you know, well documented. Absolutely. So when we go up against Weber State this evening, I uh, I'm excited for this matchup. I think first off, just the because Weber State is a rival of Idaho State. They're the closest team in the Big Sky to us, but in a lot of the sports we play against them, it is not as competitive as you would want a rivalry to be. And I think volleyball has the chance to change that. Um, volleyball and women's basketball, especially, but. We're better than them. We're better than Weber State and uh, in volleyball. That sounds weird to say in anything, but we are better than Weber State in volleyball. That uh, that coach Carter is really doing a remarkable job at turning the program around. They should they should make a movie about him, like call it like Coach Carter or something. I don't think they've done that before. That's clever. Ah, you uh, see what I did there. But I, I do I do think uh, poor poor jokes aside. I think Coach Carter is bringing like a renewed energy to the program, and that's what you want from a coach. It's rare with any sport that you see like such a turnaround that ISU volleyball is having this year, as opposed to last year. Like 
We'll talk about football, obviously, but the football team has not been – we have not had immediate success with our new Coach Regal in now. And whether or not we have that success is yet to be seen. But to have immediate success with a new coach uh, to come in and coach volleyball like he has done is just impressive, and it's very encouraging to see. And I think it is – when you talk about getting people to the game, getting that atmosphere in Reed, that's that's going to do it. Winning does that better than almost anything. Um, so with that in mind, uh, we're looking forward to this volleyball matchup. We're looking forward to the exciting atmosphere of game day in Reed Gym. Idaho State football. Idaho State football. It's one of the programs that we fund. There is a lot you can say about the team. I think what happened last Saturday, what we learned about the team, what I learned specifically was that our football team, there's a lot more work that needs to be done than I thought there was. <laughs> so I'm I'm generally an optimist, I'd say. So I was heading into the season with high hopes with Regal. And I, I still think Charlie Regal is a good coach. And I I still believe that he's eventually going to bring us to, to success with this program. But I... I very much underestimated just what it would take to get to that success. Yeah, and I thought this was going to be the game. I really did against UNC. Yeah, because they um, they were projected to finish right along with the bottom of the Big Sky. Yeah, like I like thought, us. yeah, I thought this was going to be the game where the Bengals finally put it together. They finally, you know, they have a cohesive game. They play well. They don't turn the ball over. They they create turnovers on the defensive side. They eliminate big plays, and and this was going to be the game where they don't make the stupid mistakes that they've been making through the last three games of the season. Um, unfortunately, my hope was misplaced. We had a lot of the same issues that affected us in the previous weeks come back and bite us again today, and it's disheartening. Um, but. It's something we all should have expected. It's as much of a rebuild year as you can get, whether you're talking about the team or the, even the field they play in. It's all getting rebuilt. So Yes, but. Yes, but. Um, so I do think there's still some positive to take away from this game because even though it was against Northern Colorado, a team that we honestly were supposed to beat, um, even though it was against Northern Colorado, whose team is just as – at the bottom of the big sky is us. Uh, and even though we did end up losing by 21 points, we kept this thing close up until halftime. It was 14-14 at half. So we played 30 minutes of a decent football game. You don't win by playing a half of good football. You play you you win by playing 60 minutes. Yeah, obviously. That's some good coach speak. But hey, I, when you I'm consider the, the fact it. that the past three games we played, we only played one quarter of a good football game before letting the the score the score leave. The fact that we kept it close until halftime, it either shows improvement on our end or the fact that Northern Colorado is not that strong of an opponent. Um, so one of the things that Charlie Regal talked about after the game um, was that we don't have enough talent on the team or we're not the team's not good enough i don't want to put words into his mouth but to paraphrase the team is not good enough to try to come back from mistakes the margin for error for idaho state football this season is razor thin i think he said it was as thin as a fingernail 
And so when you have errors like turnovers, um, bad plays, uh, poor execution, when you have those types of errors, you have to have the talent and ability to come back from those. And Idaho State does not currently have – I'm not going to say we don't have the talent because, I, again, I feel like we have the talent on the team. But we are not good enough. We're not a good enough team to come back from the mistakes that we make. And that seems almost like circular reasoning because obviously if you're not a good team, you're going to make mistakes. But when you when you see elite football teams make mistakes like fumbles or turnovers, they they the defense will step up and they'll they'll stop the other team from scoring or they'll they'll get the ball back, stuff like that. Or the offense will make up for that and score on the next drive. We don't have enough consistency in play to be making poor decisions or mistakes and then still expecting to win. And I think the final score definitely displayed that. Um, but really the biggest takeaway from this game uh, was, of course, I think the injury to Hunter Hayes, our second-string quarterback now. I um, don't like the fact that 50% of our games, the biggest takeaway was our starting quarterback gets getting going kaput. That's, that's an interesting point because we talked about those FBS games against UNLV and San Diego State. Um, because in those games, in those money games, body bag games, whatever you want to call them, the main concern is coming away with at least a slightly respectable score and not having too many injuries. And that's what we did against UNLV and San Diego State. We didn't get completely blown out by 50 points against either of them, and we didn't have any major injuries. Then against Central Arkansas, Tyler Vanderwall goes out. And now against... Northern Colorado, Hunter Hayes goes out. So now that we're back down to playing FCS teams, it seems like we're treating them like FBS opponents and losing by a less than respectable margin and having big injuries. So instead of Hunter Hayes, we now have our fourth-year sophomore, Sagan Groner, in a I'm sorry, did you say fourth-year sophomore? I did say fourth-year sophomore. Uh, Sagan Groner has been on the team since 2019, uh, and he is only a sophomore. Uh, you have to imagine, I believe he redshirted a year, and then, of course, you also had that COVID season. You have to think if he starts his freshman year, 18, he's probably 21, 22 by this point. Mm-hmm. Um, as a sophomore, it means like as a senior, he's going to be like 25. He's going to be an old man by the time he's done with Idaho State. That's true. Um, I I am curious to see Sagan play because it, it seems like the last last season or two we've gotten I don't know if teases is the right word, but we've seen him in games. We haven't seen him take a ton of snaps, but we've seen him come in mostly for injuries. And, and uh, I know against Idaho last year, I believe he he came in and had a couple of uh, plays, um, but we haven't really seen him get any like big chunk of play. Uh, we haven't really seen what he's capable of, I don't think. And I well, stats really back that up. He's only really gotten a handful of throws um, throughout his four years. Well, this season he's six for twelve. It's true, six for twelve whole passes this season. Fifty-two yards. He has he has at least had one attempt in every game this year so far. He had one attempt against uh, UNLV. It was four for five against San Diego State, and then two for six last week against Northern Colorado. I I do wonder how. This is going to affect play calling. Um, 
I know we talked about last week. I said that I didn't think Hunter Hayes was all that. There, there wasn't as much of a talent disparity between Vanderwall and Hayes as you might expect from like a first and second string quarterback. And I, I think that was evident by the fact that they went into camp with a quarterback battle. But I, I don't think it affected the play calling too much. I do wonder what kind of play calling or what kind of offense we're going to see against Montana this week. Um, if we're going to play it really conservative with a stronger run game and maybe shorter passes, or if we're going to try to push it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about an opponent like Montana, that adds another aspect to it mm-hmm. because at, if if it was me, I'd say we have nothing to lose against the number two team in the nation in the Grizzlies. Yeah, big step up from uh, going to the Bears to the Grizzlies. We're running the Bear Gauntlet. This is our third Bear team in a row. We had UCA, Northern Colorado, and now the Grizz for Montana. Um, it's hey, this has just been unbearable. Much like listening to you co-host this show. This is this cool. is. I'm I'm gonna. I want to be as positive as possible, uh, because I think of myself as an optimistic person when it comes to sport. However. We could lose this game by a lot of points. Uh, this could not go well for us in in big ways. We have not beaten Montana. I had it pulled up. What's we have that? not beaten Montana since 2003, and that I'm was a win. To... That was a win in double overtime. I'm sorry. Did you say 2003? We have not beaten Montana in, since 2003. What's however, the, however, what's the closest point differential here. That's that's what I was getting to. Um, one of the kind of the talking points of this game, since there aren't many, since the general consensus is Montana is better than us, and you would be correct. Holt Arena oftentimes presents a challenging place to play for the Grizzlies for whatever reason. Holt is hostile, we know, with the jungle this season, as, I, as well as Reed. But if you look at some of these scores, uh, especially the home games, so in 2019, we lost to Montana 59 to 20 up in Missoula. In 2017, we lost to them only 39 to 31, and that was in Holt. Uh, same story in 2015, we lost in overtime 33 27. Um, 2011, the. Trend was broken when we lost thirty-three to zero. Uh, Two thousand nine, we lost twelve to ten. Um, so uh, there is kind of like a common streak. Not all all games, but several of them, uh, we've only lost by a couple points while we're playing in Holt Arena. Glad to know that we'll lose, but not by as much. Right. This article written by Lucas Simb for the four hundred six Montana Sports. Um, Talking about Idaho State's Holt Arena serves as a perplexing challenge to the Montana Grizzlies. Uh, says that in the 19 years that Montana has dominated uh, the Bengals, there was the double overtime affairs, uh, and wins haven't always come easy at Holt Arena. The Dome is somewhat of an unknown phenomenon for the Grizz, often creating games that are way closer than they should be when comparing the program's football tradition side by side. So, if nothing else... Uh, we've had some weird games in Holt, um, and and obviously we haven't beaten the Grizzlies in nearly two decades now. We've we've had some weird games in Holt that have been closer than they should be. Um, so you know what? It's family weekend. You're going to have your parents there maybe. Maybe you are some parents in town. Uh, go to the game. Cheer for the Bengals. That's your team. That's the college you're sending your, your family to. 
uh, that those are your te- that's your classmates down there. Those are your they're they're in clubs. I don't know. You you know them. You're you're connected with them. We go to the same school. Go to the game. Cheer them on. Expect the worst. Hope for the best. Mm. Yeah, I um, I think I'm at the point of the season where I no longer have any expectations for Idaho State football. Sincerely, for this season, they could win zero games. They could win win out the rest of their schedule, and it's. Either way, it's it's not going to mean much at the end of the season if we didn't win a game, because we're rebuilding. We're we're in this transition period of where the future looks bright, but the present is not so not so much. Um, Are you being optimistic or pessimistic right now? I can't tell. Well, that's the thing. Is like it's just the future looks good, the present doesn't, and the future looks good for the program. The future looks good for the Idaho State experience for students and athletes and athletics alike. Um, for alumni even. We I mean we're building a new alumni center on campus with a couple million. Um but as for right now, the reality is that we're probably gonna lose big to opponents who are better. Um and that includes Montana and sometimes we'll lose to opponents who we should have a shot at beating or at least putting up a competitive game like UNC. Um, and that's that's just the nature of it. That's the nature of the beast. The nature of Idaho, if you will. And a little KISU reference for you uh, listeners out there. A deep cut. Um, but that's the biggest thing is if, if you approach the season with the expectation that we're going to be competitive in every game and that we're going to – field a good or great football team or at least even one that's in the top half of the big sky uh, you set your expectations much too high yes um i think if i had to sum up this year uh in so many aspects for the idaho state football program i'd say there is work to be done now one of the points i heard while listening to okay i'll i'm gonna come out and say this on air i'm gonna i'm gonna say it i I'm going to be judged for it, and I, I understand that. I deserve this. So I was listening to the Tubbs at the Club Idaho Vandals podcast. I'm sorry, what? I was listening to the Tubbs at the I Club said, podcast. It's a, what? It's a decent podcast. They do a good job up there. Um, it's like I don't even know you anymore. Of their sports podcast. Now, it's a, it's a well-done podcast. Um, you want to listen slander, about that The slander they, uh, they have for Pocatello. But... Um, one of the things one of the hosts of the show said, uh, first off, their producer came on, and while they were doing their picks, he made, he jokingly picked Idaho State to get their first win of the season for Regal by beating Montana, just because Idaho Vandals fans don't like Montana. How um, smug. <laughs> but one of the things that one of the hosts said was that they don't see Idaho getting any wins this year except possibly homecoming against Cal Poly – because Cal Poly is a team we should be able to beat. Homecoming, maybe Holt Arena is going to be a little, a little jazzed. The other game they predicted Idaho had the best shot in was against, or Idaho State had the best shot in was against Idaho. Battle of the Domes, November nineteenth, Saturday before Thanksgiving. Little in-state rivalry action, just because it is a rivalry game and crazy things happen. So. I think those are those are a couple dates to look forward to maybe this season or to have you maybe have a little higher hopes. Um, again, 
this week we're playing number two Montana. Next week we have a just as tough opponent in Montana State in Bozeman. Um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a rough rough couple games here, and I don't think there's a lot of spots in the schedule where we can say we and at this point um, we we're a good way into the season now. I feel like we know enough about this team. We know how the rest of the season is going to play out. Not not completely. Like we don't know the final scores, but I, th- I think looking at the season, the Montana game this week, I wouldn't necessarily have high hopes for. Next week against Montana State, that's going to be just as rough. Uh, Cal Poly homecoming, we've got a shot. Uh, Northern Arizona, maybe. Uh, UC Davis, we beat them last year. Uh, surprisingly, our only win of the season last year was. Not quite a blowout, but a near blowout against UC Davis here in Holt. Um, then we have Weber State, and that is going to be a hard game. And then we have Idaho. And Idaho, as we talked about before, has been competitive. They've had a good season. They just beat Northern Arizona um, in a not very competitive game. Um they, they won by 17 points against Northern Arizona. They're playing Northern Colorado uh, tomorrow, so I would favor the Vandals in that game as well. Um, so when you're looking across the big sky, like you said, Gage, I would not anticipate Idaho State finishing towards the top of the conference, and I think I think everyone has their expectations set in after the first four games of the season. Um, I would still... I'm still optimistic, not necessarily about the season, but about this team, about Coach Regal, and about where I think the program is heading in the future. Um, so, and also, the U of I game—it's anyone's game. It's a rivalry game. Anything can happen. I—I uh, I mean, to cap off the season, who knows? But now that we've discussed the volleyball game today. The football game on Saturday. There's one more game this week to wrap up our sports doubleheader, and that is women's. Thank you. Women's soccer is taking on Northern Arizona on Sunday at 1 p.m. at Davis oh, Field. A little football Sunday action. First off, how cool is it that we have so many different venues on campus here? We we've got Reed Gym, we've got Holt Arena, we've got Davis Field. All of them, like top of the line. I know Reed Gym. There's there was talk of another basketball arena or stadium being built, but Holt Arena is getting renovated. It already was a historic building. Should probably get protected or something. I don't know. National Register, yeah, but then I don't know if they'd be able to maybe, make changes to it. Maybe that's why they're getting the renovations in, and then they're going to put it on the National Register. It probably should be right. We should, we yeah, should get that like, going. That's gonna. I'm going to start a petition. Uh, I'm going to wait until we get all the renovations done. And then we can we can get it hey, put on enough. the. <laughs> I don't uh, know again, if... I mean, uh, the improvements to Davis Field. It looks great. The track looks great. The field looks like it's fun to play on. Yeah, especially the Big Sky Track and Field Conference Championships this last spring was such a great way to showcase. That's kind of why they they did it. But it was such a great way to showcase all the improvements made at Davis Field and just how good of a venue that is with Red Hill in the background too and everything. You ever you ever get. Get a little crazy and think how cool it would be if we had like a like a football game on Davis Field. The like throwback to the football. Spud Bowl, man, I think about it. Um, I don't know if we can get the team in leather helmets or anything, but that anyway, we're sick. not talking about football. We're talking about football. Uh, 
Our women's soccer team is playing Northern Arizona on Sunday at 1 p.m. in the afternoon. Um, that's a game that will be you can go to, and like with all games, are covered on ESPN Plus here. Um, so it's been a rough season for women's soccer, just as it has been for football as well. Uh, so last year we had a had a rough go of it. We we didn't start out strong with our exhibition games against Utah, Salt Lake City Community College, and of course Northwest Nazarene. We didn't really start out strong with those. The beginning of the season we ended up. For our first four games, we went one, one, and two. So a win, a loss, and two ties. And it's been downhill one, two, one. ever since then. I believe they do a one, two, one, don't they? That's what I said, isn't it? Well, Wait, they, no, they it's, do, it's one, one. one. Yeah, huh. come on, come on. Try to, try to keep up, Gage. Um, so on the subject of the Battle of the Domes, on last Sunday we played Idaho in Moscow and lost that game or lost that match. Sorry, my bad. Lost that zero to one. Um, there is to keep in mind, though. These games are at least being kept close. We had our our win against uh, Lipscomb, Lipscomb, and then uh, we played Utah Valley. That game we lost six to one. That match we lost six to one. But then the the next match against Utah Tech, zero to one. UNLV zero to one. Gonzaga zero to three. Uh, Eastern Washington 0-1, Idaho 0-1. So if nothing else, the the soccer team is showing competitiveness. I'd say we're we're certainly not scoring enough goals. Just looking at the uh, <clears throat> standings here, we only have three all season. We only have three goals all season. That is true. I would like to just point out that the Premier League table they do do it one draw loss. Well, this is not the Premier League. I, well, I mean, maybe it should be. Well. It's not. So, um, I think that's another another game to look forward to, though. Um, they call them matches. Another, I'm sorry. I know. I know. I know. It's a lot to take in uh, when it's you're covering different three different sport. sports in one weekend. Um, so, I think that'll be a fun match, though, to go with. And if you're in town for family weekend, if you got parents, if you got friends, if you got family, take them to the games. Take them to all three games. Hey, I just uh, want to say, soccer, underrated sport here in the States. Okay. Really got to get more people out here to watch this thing. Soccer is the world game, the beautiful game, as people call it. Okay. And nothing is more beautiful than seeing your Idaho State Bengals play. Now that is true. Um, so you know what? Um, so I would I would suggest if you have parents, maybe they're a little older, or grandparents are visiting. You got family members, or even like young kids. You want to make sure they're all ready. And prepared because if they're going to go to these games or these matches, they might not know just how loud and raucous the jungle will be. So maybe bring like headphones, uh, earplugs, that type of thing to help them out mm-hmm. um, because they're not ready for the jungle if they haven't seen it in person before. Uh, no, nobody is, and that's why Regym, Holt Arena, and Davis Field are such tough places to play because we make them hostile. Mm-hmm. And the if you come to the soccer game, if enough come enough of you come to the soccer game, I will personally explain the offsides rule to all of you. That's fascinating. You'll have to you have to tell it to me once we're off the air. So if no, uh, <laughs> I said after we're off the air. What, you don't want to know? No, after we're done here. So well, it's like so. It's I'm a uh, McLean Westbrook. That's and... Gage. Coach Westbrook, and uh, this has been Jungle Land, uh, discussing all things ISU sports uh, and also the triangle offense. So what you do is you get your your your, your strikers in the front, right? 